can't do it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Giants fans, welcome to Big Blue All Year, the podcast that brings you New York football Giants content all year long, while your hosts toe tap the line between podcast professionals and a bunch of fanatics talking shit at the end of the bar. Tonight's episode of Big Blue All Year is not brought to you by anyone. Insert sponsor here. Don't forget to follow on Twitter at Big Blue All Year and rate and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Adult content ahead, because you know, we're doing it live. Giants fans, let's go! What have we been talking about? All we have wanted is to have meaningful games for as long as possible. And when is the last time you can really, really say you had something to root for in November? Now, our current circumstances might be due to a historically bad division around us, but let's just go ahead and ignore that and get jacked the F up because we have a winnable game against a team we all hate. The Eagles are coming to town and we got lots to talk about. But first, let's get through some headlines. And for that, we get into a segment that lets my distinguished partners stick on a headline to talk about or kick it to the next one. So, bigger. Jello. Disciple. Hey. Answer me that age-old playground taunt. Are you kicking it or are you sticking it? Up first, Joe Judge benched Golden Tate in the win at Washington last week. Yeah, uh, I'm going to kick it, but I'm just going to say that I guess Golden Tate is buying whatever Joe Judge is selling because he tweeted, can't wait for more opportunities like this to help us win games. So, what a, what a seems, like, seems like whatever happened worked. That's all it is. Kick it. Yes, you can. Graham Gano named NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Well, he's got a foot. Build our... Handed to him by the gods, you know. Scram Gano. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. He's a golden god. All right, next. The offensive line's pass blocking efficiency was ranked 11th in the league last week, the highest weekly ranking of the season for the Giants O line. I'm going to have to kick this one as well. We're going to get into it a little bit later. Kick it. Yes, you can. Fox Sports data. After Sunday's game, Evan Ingram is tied for second in the league with seven drops. Burger's going to stick this one, Mac. Uh, It's been a real Jekyll and Hyde type season for Evan, to say the least. Uh, You would have thought that, you know, bringing in Jason Garrett would help untap this immense potential that uh, Evan Ingram possesses the tight end position. But uh, these drops are just honestly laughable at this point. Uh, There's no doubt it's all mental at this point. Uh, you know, he's got eight games left in the season. Let's see if he can finish strong, cut the drops and the boneheaded penalties, and maybe just play his game. Uh, I really think that this will be an evaluation for uh, the team as to whether he's going to be part of the long-term plans, especially with that fifth-year option coming up. But, uh, yeah, let's keep it moving. He stuck the landing! After his wife's hospitalization and tragic loss of an unborn child, Logan Ryan secured the game-winning interception 
and a game ball in Washington. All right, so I was going to stick this one. Uh, very poetic that it was Logan Ryan to cash that game-winning interception. We all heard about the struggle that his family went through, how his uh, his wife had pain in her stomach, and one of the Giants' trainers suggested uh, going to the hospital immediately. And uh, it ended up saving her life. So, yeah, it's it's it, it was a, you know, very – poetic day and we're happy that uh logan was able to present his wife with that and give her the game ball he stuck the landing so eli 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 daniel jones could be heard calling audibles at the line of scrimmage in homage to his mentor eli manning how did the manning himself respond by calling on dj to play some flip cup in all honesty, who who wins in a game of Flipka between the great Eli Manning and the apprentice Daniel Jones? I'll I'll put my money on the salty vet, you know, schooling the youngster. But uh, pretty cool that DJ used uh, Eli's name in the audibles last week. Let's kick it. Kick it. Yes, Giants waived former six-round cornerback qu- Corey Ballantyne to make room for Will Hernandez coming off the COVID exempt list and newly signed wide receiver Dante Pettis. Yeah, it's unfortunate that a guy that was drafted last year is now cut. Uh, Corey just didn't have the talent, unfortunately, being from a Division II school. So let's kick it. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. And that does it for this week's headlines. And now a word from our non-sponsors. Tonight's episode of Big Blue All Year is not brought to you by FX's second episode of its newest show. It's always shitty in Philadelphia. 1 p.m. on a Sunday. Disregard any liberal bullshit and join the gang as they head to New Jersey to sneak into MetLife and watch the Eagles take on the Giants. Charlie, drunk off tequila and sunscreen, dons his green man suit and runs across the field in yet another attempt to become Philly's official mascot. Meanwhile, Frank and Mac get arrested for smuggling rum ham and steroids into the stadium. Dee and Dennis high on crack, have a complete mental breakdown when they realize the frozen steakums in the upper deck of Giant Stadium are better than any cheesesteak they can find in Philly. Tune in Sunday and see the game completely implode in the newest episode of It's Always Shitty in Philadelphia. And now, back to the show. All right, gentlemen, the Giants have no business competing for the division. Like, let's be honest. But here we are. It's week 10. We got the Eagles coming to town and a win puts the team in legitimate position to can be competing down the stretch. I mean, a half game out of first place. The question is, what are they? Are they the walking dead? You know, slowly walking around, just waiting for a dagger to the head? Or... Are they a herd of bloodthirsty zombies ready to take the division by storm? Finally hitting their stride after dealing with a new coaching systems, no offseason, no preseason in a COVID world. What are the New York football giants in 2020 right now? What? <laughs> well, they're, they're definitely the, the team waiting for the – you know, the spirits of the head, no? Like, 
I, as we are statistically still in this division race, as you stated, um, this team's not ready to compete yet. Let's really be honest. You know, we've only beat the Washington no-names twice. Granted, I will give credit to the Giants. They have been competitive in all but maybe one game this season. And that was against the 49ers, uh, where they were absolutely blown out. Uh, besides that, they just haven't finished. You know, we've blown in the fourth quarter against the Bears, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Bucks, which furthermore proves that this is still one of the youngest rosters and possible coaching, coaching staffs. And they just, they're pretenders. They're not contenders yet in this division. Uh, what do you guys think? <sighs> well, I mean, why not us, man? If they be, If they beat the Eagles, they beat the Cowboys. I mean, they're just as you know, dangerous to anybody in this division. At least what I, that's what I think, but I am the, you're a math man. Why are you such a pessimistic little bitch? Yeah, really? What the fuck? Is the, the Washington, someone's got to keep you boys in check. All right. I'm just saying the Washington football team beat up on the Eagles. What was it? Week one. We are now two and O against them. Why? Why? You know, I'm not saying that we're super bowl contenders, or that the Giants are, you know, world beaters. But in a world where we can take on this division, I I, I find myself agreeing with Disciple. Why not us, baby? Yeah, really. Because dude. Our, come on. Well, let's. All right. So we've. Uh, so why not us? So this offense right now is dead last in every offensive statistical rate right now. That so we're we're. They're, I'm pretty sure they're they can't be worse than the Jets. I'm sorry, they just can't. <laughs> They simply well, look, at Joe, look at Joe Flacco the other night. You know, he's throwing the ball down. I'll get the fuck out of here. Let me tell you <laughs> something. The, the Giants are a, a little bit, I think, way more improved this week than they were going into that Eagles game before. In the last four games, the Giants have rushed for over 100 yards while allowing less than 100 yards on the other side. That's a recipe for winning, man. Well, I'll say this. The defense is what's keeping this team in place. If the offense can, you know, keep up, then yeah, obviously, I don't see why not. But the offense hasn't proven anything, and they are so inconsistent. And I think I the still... run is finally getting established, though. And, like, when you look at Jason With Garrett's – Alfred Morris now. Well, listen, you look at Jason Garrett's offense, what is it? Basically, zone run, the whole thing. And when you and when once you get that established, like it opens everything else up. When the, when I see a running back running to the left side on offense, it looks way different than it did in the beginning of the fucking year. Especially with Shane Lemieux in there, I don't want Will Hernandez back in. I have to say it. I'm sorry. It's the elephant in the room. It's the elephant in the room right now. So you're I don't that know high if, on Shane Lemieux. Yeah, you're really drinking the Kool Aid on Lemieux, dude. I. Well, Andrew Thomas is playing out of his mind next to him. Will Hernandez, I feel like it's not there for Andrew Thomas. It makes a big it's a big deal. The guard that's next to your tackle. It really is. So uh, let me get back to Berger's pessimism here. So what okay, right. We're two and seven. You know, until the Giants consistently prove that they can be more than what they have been. I understand your your doubts, but I mean we're an Evan Ingram drop away from beating this team just a few weeks ago. Why are you so sure that the Giants are just waiting for the dagger to the head 
and not ready to make their stamp on this division. What, like, what, what do you got? Why, what, why? I think it's just, I think it's just the MO of the Giants, like this season, like, you know, four blown games in the fourth quarter. Like, I'm just waiting for that last dagger, you know, put me out of my misery and you too as well. I don't know how you could be so high. We haven't finished games. Like, well, how are you guys so emphatically like positive about a two and seven team? Like, I know they're young and they're, this, is, this might be the best two and seven team I've ever seen. So <laughs> hold on. <laughs> you okay so this two and seven team is second in points scored they are second worst or sorry i would say second worst in points per game they're second yeah. worst in passing yards uh they are past the top 20 in rushing you're right they have picked up their rushing attack lately uh they're now averaging over 100 yards a game but this offense doesn't scare anybody in this league you need to be able to throw the ball and score points and the giants have proven they haven't been able to do that this season um so what are you guys why are you so optimistic like is this offense really putting fear to god you know against these other teams i think carson wentz is due for a fucking stinker against the giants i really do what after the fucking performance he put against us a couple weeks ago yeah i mean it wasn't great he's not that good of a quarterback but he does he makes shit happen like you know what i mean he gets it done he's not he's not us yeah, no, yeah, he looks he looks like, great yeah, against us. Hundred percent against us. Well, disciple, take take me down memory lane. I mean, I I, I get where Burger's coming from. I, I disagree, and maybe I'm a plucky optimist, but you know, it's all, we're only a couple weeks removed from from really having a, a dominant win against this team until we imploded down uh, down the stretch. Oh, five like, minutes left. Oof. I mean, <sighs> what do you want? You want me to remind you what happened last time? I guess my biggest question, Disciple, is what has changed? So Berger is is confident in how not confident we should be about the Giants in this matchup. And I, I will say that it is the Giants MO that we got everything in front of us. It's a big game. And... Oh. This is the game that we we fall flat on our face and lose thirty five to six. However, I don't think that the facts back that up. That's just our intuition or negativity as Giants fans who have seen this team over decades do similar things when everything's lined up. What I want to hear from you, disciple, has anything substantially changed from a couple of weeks ago, being on the Eagles or the Giants side of the ball, that we shouldn't be confident? I mean, again, we were in Evan. There Ingram is one thing. Away from beating the Eagles convincingly. Well, the Eagles got a lot healthier in the last couple of weeks, which when they played us, they were basically a skeleton team. I don't even know who the fuck was playing wide receiver or whatever over there. You know, now they got Miles Sanders back. It's it, any division game is tough, but the, I feel like this is definitely going to be a challenge, but I still feel good about it. I don't know why I probably shouldn't. I'm a fucking idiot sometimes. And thinking that, but as you as you mentioned, disciple, yes, they got Alshon Jeffrey back, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard is one week. Uh, he played last week. He's back from his ankle fracture, so he, Carson Wentz is getting his weapons back to go along with Fogel or Travis Fogel, McLovin, the twenty-five-year-old Hawaiian organ <laughs> donor. Fogel. Um, so they should have their full offense, like you know, uh, repertoire out there against us, which is scary. But our defense has been up to the task lately. I will say that. They have been up to the task. Yes, that's true. And uh, their defense also got healthier. 
you know, you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of four man rushes, some dropbacks. But I, the thing is, they their front four is so good that they're going to get to the quarterback without having to blitz. Do you think their front four is better than the Washington front four? Experience, experience wise, yes. I think yeah. I think they're... athleticism. I don't know, but definitely experience and technique. I mean, Fletcher Clock, Fletcher Cox is a problem. Uh, Brandon Graham, I believe, is leading their their team in sacks with seven he's having a great year Malik Jackson and Derek Barnett are both talented but I mean maybe aside from Fle- you're right you can't argue with the stats and the experience but the way that the Giants played against the Washington front that decimated again this team week one the in the Eagles has to give you confidence that we can compete against this front seven no uh I yeah, I, I feel all right about it. I don't know. I don't know. But I like I said, the one difference between the Giants this week and a couple weeks ago is the offensive line play, period, and the rushing attack, period. You know what I mean? And I think you're gonna see a lot of uh a, another creative game plan from Jason Garrett. All kinds of little things that you've seen in the last couple of weeks, and now I think they're going to really amp it up. I think it's starting to get to that time. You're going to see a little more trickery, even on special teams too, man. I don't know if you guys watched that film session with Joe Judge, but he was talking about uh, Cam Brown as like the secret gunner on the punt that caused the fumble. It was really fucking interesting. I do enjoy listening to him break down film. Um, now, I, I do have to say, Disciple, in, in, in pretty traditional – context for you you seem to be flip-flopping at the first i would say <laughs> uh you seem you're like ah, i don't know why i'm confident yada yada but then on the flip side it's like oh but the eagles are getting better and blah 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 so like where what do you think are we are we waiting i think the giants have gotten better than the eagles have in the last few weeks but the eagles are still a better team than the giants if that makes but y'all sense don't say that. so the, the giants have improved more since they played but the the eagles on paper our better team. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I mean, they have more talent on the team, but I think, I mean, look, Berger, I, I couldn't disagree more. And I will side with Disciple and that this might be, I'm a fucking idiot, which, you know, it, that's wouldn't be that crazy for me to be a, a moron. But look at this. I mean, the Giants, I'm not saying we're contenders for a deep playoff run. A win against the Eagles puts us a half game out of first place. But they have to win. Absolutely. They, there's no – if they don't win this game, it's over. That's it. Oh, well, that's – yeah, there's yeah. absolutely no doubt. But what possibly could give you any lack of confidence that, uh, other than the Giants are who the Giants are and we've been watching them our whole lives and, uh, as we just said, this is a game that we historically will, will flop on. But I think Joe Judge brings a different element to the table. And look at what we uh, look at what the Giants have had to do. So we are starting multiple people that are either rookies or transition into positions they've never played at with new schemes, new coordinators, all new coaching, a lot of turnover on the staff in a season in which we had no preseason. All you ever hear about is that these teams, you know, you need consistency. You need uh, to have time and a system to figure it out. If you take away the divisional games, and I will because the NFC East is putrid, the Giants have played 
a combined record of 28 and 15. That's including the eight and O Steelers that we played a competitive game against, you know, Andrew Thomas has been coming into much maligned. He is the youngest kid on a team that has, I believe is the youngest roster in the NFL, if not one of them. Although I hate to bring him up, I'm looking into DeAndre Baker comparison here for different reasons, but DeAndre Baker was one of the better cornerbacks in the league the second half of last year. I don't see any reason that Andrew Thomas is not going to step up and cement his place as a competent left tackle with someone we have um, some real faith in moving forward. Nick Gates had a dominant game last week. I think this is a guy that we were all high on at the garden right tackle who is now eight, nine weeks into the season, sort of figuring it out. And, you know, look at at Daniel Jones, someone we have talked about a lot. He posted the third best rating among all quarterbacks uh, last week with a clean pocket at 85.8% quarterback rating. So we have played some serious competition. We took the Eagles to the brink and again, I can't say it enough, a fucking Evan Ingram, one of his seven drops, <laughs> that wins this game. You got an offensive line that is coming together. And I don't know, guys, I, I think that we got something here. We get a win against this team. We got a bye week coming up. We get healthier. We get Tay Crowder, Xavier McKinney, a couple of other guys coming back, and then have the Bengals coming after that. Boys, I am excited. Oh We're contenders, pump, baby. pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Here, <laughs> I could have been a contender. Yo, easy. Yo, this team's this offensive line still surrendered five sacks last week, and Daniel Jones still fumbled twice. Luckily, one of them you recovered, the other one went out of bounds. So let's slow down on this offensive line's meshing because he's still getting hit. Yeah, but also still the Eagles the are much, over. much better than the Redskins uh, D-line. So if you're saying a four-man pass rush is gonna cause mayhem, then we're fucked on Sunday. I'll leave no, they it only, that. What I said, what I said is the Eagles don't even need to blitz to get pressure, dude. That's what, I know that's, that's going to that, be a problem. No, well, I mean that's that, that they don't. I mean, Daniel Jones. That's the object. That's why you employ a four-three defense so you can oh. have everybody else back. You don't need a blitz. Those four guys are doing are getting the job done. Yeah, and one of them's all world Fletcher Cox. It will disrupt two of those alignment right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude. Uh. I'm just saying, this is the game where the Giants get absolutely steamrolled somehow. I'm just feeling it. I like. I'm going to be pessimistic. I'm sorry. I it's don't just, see it. And they're though. getting really Eagles don't. are getting healthy. I just. I don't like it. I don't like. If it. they didn't get steamrolled by the fucking Rams, why should they get steamrolled by the Eagles or the Bucks? They could have gotten. You know, I mean, I'm not for nothing, bro. I mean, yeah, the Saints beat them this week, but like. There's a re- very real. I know it didn't happen. I wish it fucking did. But there's a very real scenario in which the Giants, like, would have beat the shit out of the Bucks, It would have embarrassed them. Embarrassed them. Obviously, it didn't uh, happen, but it could have. Disciple, you have, been, uh, you have been setting me up with excellent segues the last couple of weeks, which I know for a fact are not intentional, but I appreciate you nonetheless. So talking about scenarios that could have happened, let's get into this week's what the F would that look like? For those of you joining us for the first time, this is our segment where each week we will posit a hypothetical and discuss what the F the world would look like if that were to come true. In a world 
where Daniel Jones has overcome his turnover woes. What the F would it look like if he played two straight zero turnover games? Oh my god, two straight. That means he's actually doing what a quarterback does. Doesn't commit turnovers. Oh my god. I mean, listen, man. I feel like quarterbacks are responsible for turnovers one way or another sometimes, man. I mean, to have zero turnovers in one game as a quarterback, I mean, you did a pretty good job. No picks, no fumbles lost. Like, I feel even the best quarterbacks can have fucking duds of games with three picks. Look at Tom Brady. <laughs> Want to tell me about those turnovers, man? Come on. Tommy B. I, okay, I'm, I'm pulling a disciple in and playing it down the middle. I think you're both being a, a little absurd. Let's not, uh, let's not uh, cream in our pants over the idea that, oh, a no turnover game is, is an amazing thing that uh, we should be celebrated. But also, Burger, fuck you. Like, you know, let's, let's take the, the, the positives where they are. The biggest knock on Daniel Jones in his career thus far has been his propensity for turnovers. So if you're telling me there's two weeks in a row where DJ keeps it tight and doesn't turn it over, I mean, if we don't, if he doesn't have those two picks against the Eagles a few weeks ago, we are crushing them. So if you're asking me, what does a scenario look like in a world where DJ plays a clean game for the second week in a row? A, it's shushing a lot of these people, these pundits that are poo-pooing him. And B, it means that the New York football giants are snapping an eight-game losing streak to the Philadelphia Eagles, and we are a half a game out of the division lead. Yeah, if if the uh you know if the Giants actually win this game, I might have a plate full of horse shit from the streets of Philadelphia. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> I would thoroughly enjoy that. I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea what you just said. Did you just suggest that you're going to eat a plate of horse shit? What, like, did you not see the video of the guy eating horse shit after they won the Super Bowl? Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> An Eagles fan ate the horse shit off the, off the street. What is he, you Ron were, Burgundy? In the, yeah, the give me that cat shit. You, 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 you saw that, that right, Burger? Tell me you saw yeah. that video. No, I've never seen that. You didn't. Am I the only one who saw this video? Who's are you are it? you making this up? Is I it? swear to God, just type in Eagles fan eats horse shit and you will find it. Why are you pulling me? I'm right. I will. I will eat this whole whole plate of cat poop. <laughs> <laughs> what do I eat? You eat the whole wheel of cheese? Thing. I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. The okay. Another another thing that if this if Daniel Jones plays a clean game and we win, I mean. The Eagles, surprisingly, I think their defense has been something that's holding them back in the last couple of years. They're third in the NFL in sacks with 28 this season. We talked about it earlier. Brandon Graham has seven. So if Daniel Jones plays a clean game, then I don't think it means he doesn't get hit. I think that the dude is learning to have two hands in the uh, on the ball in the pocket and is these are the little things that we need to see for us to be confident that at the end of the year, DJ is our guy, or at least he's our guy for the next couple of years until we build up the talent on this team to give him a competent chance to, to play consistently. So, you know, it's a great test. The Eagles come after the quarterback, but if DJ is playing clean, I'll double down. Not only are we winning, but the dude is going to take some hits and show everybody that he's figuring it out. As Not John Gruden that. would say, he's a two-handed monster. 
God. Let me tell you something about this guy, Daniel Jones. I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but honestly, I'm seeing him. Uh, he's starting to feel the pressure a little bit better. He doesn't have to look at it on the on his blind side, and he knows it's coming. And it's fast. It's getting faster. That sixth sense that the quarterback has, you're starting to see it improve. So, listen, it's a it's a weekly basis. It's a fluid situation. So, well. We'll It'd be great to see it happen. I would, yeah. I would be very encouraged to see this happen, to be honest. But I don't think it's very realistic. Right, Squidward. It's it's Ruxin. Uh, it, oh, Remy. Mm. Mm. Also, oh you know, an interesting aspect of this, although uh, Alshon Jeffrey is the least scary person to me at all. He's slow. He's big. He's often injured. That doesn't bother me. I also think that if I guess it's the other side of the ball, so it's not directly correlated. But in this world where DJ plays a clean game and the Giants win, in my opinion, I also think that means we're holding this Travis Fulgham guy in check. I mean, surprise! who in God's green earth would have thought that Travis Fulgham out of Old Dominion, if I'm not, uh, someone will have to fact check me there. He ranks fifth in the NFL amongst wideouts with 87 receiving yards per game. Uh, he caught five of 11 targets for 73 yards, including a 40 yarder uh, in the week seven game against the Giants. So I, uh, if he is feasting, feasting on our secondary cornerback options, okay, he might get his, but I don't know. I I, I think the Giants, uh, I mean, other than that big breakout play by Terry McLaurin last week, the Giants have been very good at limiting big plays. I, I don't know. Absolutely agree. I think Bradbury should be on Fulgham, not Alshon Jeffrey. But uh, yeah, I'm not but, the one who makes that decision. Or I mean, well, so there's what are also... you gonna have? Yadam, Madre Harper, fucking these guys on uh, Sean Jeffrey. Well, we, there's also that Jalen Rieger, Rager, Raincore, yeah, dude, the TCU guy. I think they play him out of the slot. He's their yeah. speedster. So that'll be um, <clears throat> that'll be Darnay until he shows us he's something. I don't really give a shit about him. No. All right. Well. That does it for what the F would that look like? And we're rolling right into four down territory. This is when you know the game is on the line and you're going for it. These are your top four matchups that will decide the game. All right, Burger's getting first down and it is the Giants linebackers slash safeties versus Dallas Goddard. The Giants have allowed only one tight end to finish with more than 49 yards against them this year. Does Dallas Goddard, who's playing in his second game and suffering an ankle ankle fracture, outdo that mark? I don't think so. Um, Like I said, the Giants have found success as being one of the stingiest teams in the NFL against the tight end. And, you know, that seems like a bad injury. He only played like 25 snaps last week. So I'm confident they'll keep him in check. So for second down, I got the Giants offensive line versus the Philly defensive line. Yeah, really big going out on a limb here. Uh, Pretty massive aspects of the game. But here's the thing. We've been talking about it all night. Are the Giants offensive line finally coming together and gelling? 
or is this a mirage? And I think that this week is where we make that statement. It's where the Giants make that statement. Excuse me. So we talked about it already. Derek Barnett, Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. That's not even to talk about Josh Sweat and Vinny Curry coming off and Javon Hargrave. All of those are players, people that can compete in this league. And I think this is going to be, in my opinion, the although it's second down, it might be the biggest aspect of this game. You know, the, the Eagles are, as we said already, third in the NFL in sacks. So Will Hernandez is coming back. Matt Parrott is going to continue to get looks. Hell, Chad Slade got in the game last week against the, the football team. So can the Giants create a clean pocket for Daniel Jones, give him some time to hit these weapons, and are they going to continue to open up lanes against the Eagles for um, Wayne Gallman and potentially Devontae Freeman coming back as well. So that's what I got for second down giants. O-line got to show this week that their consistency is actually that and not a mirage. All right. For third down, I've got the head coaching matchup, Joe judge versus Doug Peterson. And why this huge matchup, especially for Joe judges, He's beat Ron Rivera twice. That's the only head coach that he's beaten in this league. Now, if he wins someday, Joe Judge will have his first win versus a Super Bowl winning head coach, which would be a huge, huge step in the process of becoming a legitimate uh, legitimate head coach. Obviously, Doug Peterson's got quite the resume. He, uh, he did the unthinkable in Philadelphia, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> Nobody saw that shit coming, let me tell you. But, uh, yeah, huge game for Joe Judge. Let's see what happens this Sunday. All right, with fourth down, what I do believe, and we've talked about it a little bit already, is the most important matchup of this game is going to be Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz versus turnovers. So here's a little stats for you. I think Carson Wentz gets a pass because he's been to the mountaintop and, and shown some success in this league, but he leads the NFL with 12 interceptions and 16 total turnovers and actually has the worst passer rating of his entire career at a 73.1%. Now, Daniel Jones, no slouch himself, not to be outdone, has nine picks and 13 total turnovers. I believe you look at this matchup from a few weeks ago And Daniel Jones does not make those two critical interceptions and the Giants run away potentially with the game against the Eagles. This is a massive matchup. It will decide the game. You heard it here. Whoever wins the turnover ratio battle wins this game. Who is going to be able to apply more pressure on the quarterback and force them into some errant throws? Carson Wentz is talented. But the guy, similar to Daniel Jones, does not want to give up on a play. And for better or worse, that's going to lead to some turnovers and to some risky plays. I'm going with Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz versus turnovers. My fourth down, most important deciding factor for this Sunday's game. All right. Well, that does it for... Okay. That brings us to huge predictions. Each week, we offer our huge predictions for the upcoming Giants game. Huge predictions is not brought to you by Facilo Automotive. 
but guys, we are really still working on it. So if anybody knows their VP of marketing, please hit us up on Twitter at Big Blue all year. All right, the burgers. Daniel Jones is going to finally throw for over 300 yards and two touchdowns. And it's because they're going to be losing and it's going to be a shootout. So. Weak. Weak. For disciples, huge prediction. I'm going to say fuck it. Uh, I think the Giants are going to score a touchdown on special teams this week. Going off script. Wow. And Max, huge prediction is that the Giants defensive line steps up against the Eagles hurt front and holds Miles Sanders and company to under 50 yards rushing. Wow. 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 Well, if you haven't figured it out by now, folks, we are possessed by the spirits that reside in 1925 Giants Drive. But hey, even they make mistakes. So let's exercise tonight's demons with the shaman. I'm gonna drink a green tea all goddamn day. You gonna bring the demons out of me? All right, first I want to start with Disciple. He is correct. Phillies fans eat horse shit off the street as they celebrate. They're fucking freaks. Mac, you are also correct. Travis Fulgham did go to Old Dominion. And my final exorcism is for the three of you. Be a little bit more consistent with your optimism. We won two games. We're doing better than the Jets. Like Disciple said a couple weeks ago, just be happy. All right, all you dreamers and creamers. Let's end tonight with the fact that the Eagles just simply aren't aware. The Giants are young. They're aggressive. They're improving. New York football. Giants. Ah! God, I love that. For Burger, the Disciple, and the Shaman, I'm Mac. We're Big Blue all year. Good night. <laughs>